So those first few days, first few months were just so hard. I just felt so inadequate already out right out the gate. Like I already felt inadequate. Like they gave us this baby and we're like, okay, <laughs> you know, like fingers crossed that we, <laughs> we, we don't know what we're doing, but we're going to figure it out. Welcome to Mama, I Hear You, the podcast where moms can connect through shared experiences and storytelling. I'm your host, Jamie Evans. I'm a mom to four and seven-year-old boys. Each episode, we'll be sharing real stories about motherhood in the early years from listeners just like you, from the moments that feel incredibly hard to the moments that make you belly laugh. No story is off limit. So warm up your coffee again, and let's get started. Today's story is about a first-time mom named Veronica and her experience from an unexpected pregnancy through the first months after bringing her baby home. But it's mostly a story about the unexpected, from a surprise at birth that had her reeling, to struggles with breastfeeding, to the realization that those early months aren't all rainbows and sparkles. Nothing, literally nothing happened for Veronica as she thought it would. It's also a story about joy and how she found it while under the constant pressure of trying to quote, keep it all together. My name is Veronica Webb. So um, a little bit of context to my story. My husband and I had been married for seven years and we never wanted kids. We're like, no, this is not our life. We just want it to be us and travel and do all these things that we want to do. But then one night, Veronica had a weird dream. I was shopping at like a JCPenney with my mom. My mom was like, oh, let's go look at the baby clothes. I'm like, why would we look at the baby clothes? I don't have any kids. I don't want to do that. She's like, no, let's just come look. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And so then I woke up and I just had this gut feeling like, oh my gosh, I think I might be pregnant. I went to the store, got a test and I took it. I didn't tell my husband because I was terrified. I took the test and it was like, literally the two lines started to come up within like a minute. It was like very quick. (laughs) And I was just stared at the test and I was terrified, like honestly terrified. Like, what are we going to do? We weren't even planning on having kids. What were you scared of? I was afraid of the unknown. Um, So many question marks and having kids. And also too, I just felt like with my experience growing up and then others around me that had had kids, I always felt like they were a burden. Like, oh, these kids change your life and your life is all about them and not about you. And I just didn't want to give away that freedom. So this entire time where Veronica had gotten up and gone to the store, got her pregnancy test, came back home, found out she was pregnant, Her husband had still been sleeping. So she decided to wake him up and share the news. And I just remember sobbing, like waking my husband up and sobbing, like I'm pregnant and just sobbing, coming from a place of pure terror and being so scared and not even being joyful, just being so scared. And he is... Totally cool with it. 
Oh, he took it great. He was just like, he's so supportive. <laughs> he was just like, it's okay. This is going to be fine. We're going to be fine. Let's be happy. Like, this is good. He just took it in stride, like, which is so awesome because it's exactly what I needed to calm me down. Time passes and they go to the 20 week ultrasound. So did the first doctor's appointment was great. Went to the 20 week, which is like the standard where they give you that ultrasound. They did the anatomy scan. Everything looked great. And they're like, okay, do you want to know the sex of your baby? And we're like, yes. They're like, okay, it's a girl. And we're like, oh my gosh, it's a girl. This is great. We're having a girl. We're so, so excited. Veronica shared the news with her family and friends, and they were all so thrilled that she was going to be a mom. After that ultrasound, I called my mom, we called my mother-in-law, and then I went out to lunch, I think that week with my very best friends and gave them gift bags with like pink nail polish on it that said, it's a girl. My mom was excited to have a granddaughter. She was very excited. Um, My friends were just excited because I was the first out of my group of friends to have kids. This was like, oh my goodness, you're having a baby and it's a girl and we're going to buy the girl cute clothes and all of the girl things and the cute headbands and all of that. Veronica and Eli picked out the baby's name, Avery Elizabeth, and got ready for the new arrival. We had the baby shower, the room was painted, all the things, like all the things, girl. The room was painted gray, and then we had an accent wall with like a coral pink. It was really pretty. The sheets, the lamps, like everything was already picked out. The wall art, everything was done, which I was proud because I'm a procrastinator. So I was like, wow, I'm on top of my game. Like, I got this. We got this. Veronica thought a lot about the type of relationship that she wanted to have with Avery. I just thought about all of the things that um, I longed for when I was a little girl that I didn't get growing up in my childhood with my mom. What do you feel was missing with you and your mom, if you're okay with sharing it? Yeah. So for me, my relationship with my mom, she did the best to her ability to love me, but there wasn't an open dialogue. So I would never felt comfortable going to her and saying, mom, this is how I'm feeling and I don't know why, or asking questions about like, your period and what that means and why am I feeling this way and what's going to happen. I did not feel like I could go to her and just share my heart with her and it be a safe space for me to do so without any judgment or like her being critical with me. So like I just really wanted that close bond of like being able to share um, experiences and being so open and having an open dialogue with my daughter about what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a girl, um, and just sharing my heart with, with my daughter. And Veronica was really able to picture those special mother-daughter moments. Like getting a manicure together and like getting her hair done and getting her ears pierced if that's what she wants. And um, just like, dances and proms and getting makeup done and going shopping and having lunch together, like potential memories that I would want to create with her. All of those things I was envisioning as I was progressing in my pregnancy. 
At 37 weeks, she finds out that Avery is breech and that she's likely going to need a C-section. At that point, I was like having appointments with my OB every week just to see how I was doing. And at one appointment, they noticed like, oh, the heart is actually, it's in the wrong spot. So they did another ultrasound. They're like, oh, your baby is breech. And so I was like, oh, okay. And they're like, well, you're going to have to come in like uh, more often so we can see if the baby's going to turn. We're going to schedule you for a C-section if you don't want to get the baby turned. And they told me what that would be like. Me and my husband decided we weren't going to do that. Like we didn't want to put the stress on the baby or myself. So we're like, okay, we'll just go with the C-section. And then hopefully um, before then the baby will turn. Sometimes they do turn, sometimes they don't. But Avery didn't turn. So the day came and I didn't have, I didn't go into labor at all. Like I just went in for my scheduled C-section. My husband was there. They checked again right before they um, got the room ready, my operating room ready. Um, so they checked again. They're like, yep, baby's still breached. I'm like, okay, great. So we're going to do the C-section. Veronica felt really nervous as they brought her back to the operating room. Um, and I remember um, I was already had my gown on, my cap. And I had to go back to the operating room first and then by myself for them to do the spinal, like to numb me. And my husband would come in later after I was like basically ready to be um, cut open. And so I was by myself and I was really, really nervous. Just like, I remember shaking. I was just so nervous. But one of the nurses was doing her best to try and help Veronica relax. And so they were doing the spinal and I remember the nurse, bless her heart, she was so nice. She was just trying to keep me talking to just sort of put me at ease. And she was like, so tell me about your baby. You're having a girl or boy. So then I just started talking. I was just like, yeah, I'm having a girl and her name's Avery. And this is what her room looks like. And they're like, wow, that's so exciting. I'm so happy for you. It made me like kind of calm down a little bit. They put music on the room. It was like... Very a very happy time, like everyone was happy. And it was, even though I was super nervous. And so I, I'm laying down and they're like, okay, we're gonna bring your husband in. They let her husband come back into the operating room. I'm like, great. He's there and he's like so supportive, like holding my hand. They had the curtain up and they're like, so they started and um, are just kind of like, you know, laying there waiting for them to get, my baby out. And so then I remember just hearing the cry. I heard the baby cry. And then I remember it got really quiet. I saw the nurse that had been talking to me. She peeked out from behind the curtain and she goes, honey, what did you say you were going to have again? And I was like, a girl. And she goes, well, it's a boy. And I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, it's a boy. And I, I just started sobbing. <laughs> I just started sobbing. And then I looked at my husband and he went around to the curtain. And later on, he told me that as they were bringing the baby up, he started peeing. They're like, <laughs> my son started peeing on the doctors and like, see, it's a boy. 
And then they held my son up, and there he was with penis and all. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a boy. And I just kept repeating, it's a boy, it's a boy. And then my husband left, you know, as they took the baby to the warmer and we're like measuring him, cleaning him off. And he's just, he's telling me after the fact, like he's just staring at our son and just staring like, okay, there's no denying it. Like there he is with his penis. (laughs) It's a boy. (laughs) And I was just in complete, utter shock. And my husband was too. Veronica's husband brought their son to her. And, you know, like as soon as he gave me, I because I had my hands like tied to the bed or strapped down, so I wasn't able to hold him. But as soon as my husband brought my son over to me and brought him to my face, I could just remember hearing his like little baby noise that he made. And it was just like such a sweet moment because it was like, Oh, that is my baby. Like, yeah. even though I wasn't expecting a boy, like, yes, this is my baby. And it's only something a mom can understand, that connection that you feel like, yep, this is my baby. Eli, he was excited about the surprise. I I just remember looking at my husband and like, can you believe this? And he was just like, so happy. Because I think deep down inside, he really wanted that boy. <laughs> and although he, you know, he was excited when they told us they were having a girl. Of course, he was happy. But when he saw the boy and he was just so excited, like, yes, I got my boy. <laughs> That's funny. He's like supporting you, but internally yes. like super excited and Yes, like totally sensitive to me and like how I was processing it, but also, yeah, internally, like just cheering because he had a son. They decided on a name for their new baby boy. We did consider boy names very early on. So we had thrown out Jackson and that was pretty much the only name that we actually both liked. And so um, <laughs> so we decided, yep, we're going to name him Jackson Veronica's nurses went out of their way to welcome baby Jackson. Went to recovery. They wheeled me back in. And then my nurse who took care of me for the rest of the time was just like, (laughs) she was the best. She was just making jokes, like just keeping it light because me and my husband were just like, what is happening? Like they made signs on my room when I got in. The nurses did that said, it's a boy, like huge in my room. (laughs) (laughs) And the nurse said his nurses had gone down to the gift shop and gotten me like boys, like it's a boy, like balloons and um, just like a little basket of boy stuff because I had nothing. All I had was girl stuff. And I (laughs) just remember like, it was just so weird because even saying like he, like Oh, he is so cute. I had to intentionally focus on my words and not say she and her because it's a boy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and for so long, you've been having a conversation about Avery. It makes sense, right? Yeah. Veronica and her husband had a ton of visitors waiting to meet sweet baby girl Avery. 
They gave us some time to like process before they let visitors come because we had a, a lot of visitors there, family and friends waiting to see us and the baby. So yeah, everybody knew it was a girl and everyone is expecting a girl. <laughs> and everyone was shocked as visitors came in. They were like, oh, I, I remember my family came coming in and they're like, oh, the baby. And they didn't see the signs. They didn't see the balloon. They just went straight to the baby in the bassinet. We just sort of waited to see if anyone would say anything. Nobody said anything. And they're like, oh, she's so beautiful. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited she's here. Veronica's nurse decided to help them out. And then the nurse was like, look at the sign. <laughs> Pointed to the sign. Yeah, yeah. Look at the sign. And they looked at the sign and then they looked at me and then they looked at the sign and then they looked at the baby and they were, it like took, <laughs> it took a while for them to process like, wait, what? And this is, she had a boy? Like, it was just such a wild story, such a wild time, but it was very happy. At the hospital, Veronica really struggled with breastfeeding. The uh, lactation consultant coming in and it was just so very mechanical and not personal at all. Like I had no idea what I was in for. I had no idea about breastfeeding. It was just like, you do this, you do this. And it was very like, I don't, yeah, very cold and, and just hard because it was painful and I was tired. And then I had this um, mental block of like, okay, I have a boy now. So I feel like I have to shift everything mentally and emotionally. And then your hormones are going crazy and you're trying to recover from the surgery. And they're telling you to like, yeah, just get up and walk. Like, that's the last okay. thing you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> and so... I just remember just being so tired and he's not getting anything from me nursing wise. And so he's upset, obviously, because he's hungry. And I just was like so determined, like in my mind, my expectation was I'm going to breastfeed him because breast milk is best. She really didn't want anyone at the hospital giving Jackson formula. And I can't give him formula because that would make me a horrible mom. So I was like, no, like, don't give him any formula. We're going to make it work. So like they tried to do like a little tube that would come out of the bottle and then go alongside my breast so that when he would latch on, he was still latching onto me, but like getting the formula that way. But it was just so hard. Like that just made it 10 times harder looking back. But I was just so focused on like, this is my expectation of what motherhood should look like, of how I should be able to feed my baby. And it's not being met, but I'm still going to like, I'm still going to like force something that obviously I need to let go of that. Is it like bringing Jackson home in those first few months of being a new mom? So those first few days, first few months were just so hard. I just felt so inadequate already out right out the gate. Like I already felt inadequate. Like they gave us this baby and we're like, okay, <laughs> you know, like fingers crossed that we, <laughs> we, we don't know what we're doing, but we're going to figure it out. So I remember bringing him home and um, it was so hard because my milk didn't come in until about four days after um, oh, wow. he was born. Even after Eli eventually returned to work, 
he would still get up with her in the middle of the night to help try to get Jackson to nurse. I was still trying to do the tube thing with like putting the tube alongside my boob. And it was just like a three, four hour process that like just wasn't working. So we were beyond exhausted. The breastfeeding aspect of it was just not happening for us. I wasn't producing enough. I also um, felt really horribly guilty for not producing enough milk. And it was just this vicious cycle of like being tired and him being hungry, but and me wanting to breastfeed and it just not working out and then feeling guilty and like shamed almost like, okay, I, I feel shameful that I have to give my baby formula because my body is not producing enough milk to feed him and that he's not getting all the antibodies and all these different like nutrients from me. And now he has to get this from a formula. I just felt even more inadequate, like as a mom and as a person and yeah. And then on top of that, like you said, no sleep. It's like, how could you be successful? It's super hard. On top of sleep deprivation and struggles with breastfeeding, Veronica was still wrapping her head around the fact that she didn't have a baby girl. And so all of that coupled with the fact that I had to let go of my um, my yearning for having a and not having a girl and letting go of that was hard. I felt really guilty for even um, being upset that I didn't have a girl. Cause I'm like, okay, what's wrong with me? Like I have a healthy baby. Like so many women out there give birth and they have babies who have complications or are not healthy. Or there's so many women out there that just want to have a baby. They don't even care like boy or girl, but they can't. And here I am upset that I have a son when I thought I was going to have a daughter. And I just felt so much guilt over that and so much shame over that. I just felt like I was in a in a hole and I was just going deeper down into the hole. And I just didn't know how to get myself out of it. After just a couple of weeks, her husband had to return to work. Yeah. So um, at the time, my husband had just started a new job. So he could only take off two weeks, which is nice. But like for me, I needed more. I needed him there longer, but that's all he could take off for work. I remember him going to work the first day he went back and I was terrified. After her husband returned to work, she had her mom and mother-in-law come stay with her, but that only lasted a week. And then she was home every day with just her and Jackson. After the three weeks, I was on my own. And I just remember feeling so isolated and so confused because I just remember so many people and also society just like, oh, when you're pregnant, you have your baby and it's this instant connection and everything's great and you just feel so wonderful and there's just so much love and everything is just like rainbows and sunshine and sparkles and I didn't feel any of that. Veronica really questioned what was happening. And I'm like, what's wrong? Like, I don't understand. Like, why am I not feeling this way? Why do I feel so tired? Why do I feel so overwhelmed? Why do I feel like... 
I have a stranger. Because really, if you think about it, like this baby, yes, I carried him in me for 40 weeks, but like, I don't know him. And we're trying to like figure each other out. And it's so frustrating because you're tired and hungry and he can't talk to me and tell me his needs. And I'm still trying to learn him and what his cues are for different needs. And it was just so overwhelming and just so draining. And I just remember feeling like, this is not what I thought motherhood was gonna be like. This is awful. Veronica put a lot of pressure on herself to meet these expectations of what she thought motherhood should look like. I think for me, I put a lot of pressure on myself. I don't know about you, but like I put a lot of pressure on myself. I shouldn't be feeling this way. And if things aren't working out or if I'm having a hard time, like I, I just need to like get it together. I just need to, to have it all together. And I can't look a mess because that's going to look really bad. And I'm going to look like a bad mom and I'm going to look like a bad wife. I just didn't have any grace for myself. I just put so much pressure and so much expectation on myself um, and how I think things should look or how I should be as a mom or how I should feel. And it just wasn't lining up. And that's such a letdown. What were all of your expectations? to take care of the baby, to keep the house clean, to have food ready and to look decent. Like those, those are all are huge those expectations. Are huge. Yeah. I don't even do that now. Like, right. <laughs> like this is my, like, yeah, I got the mom bun. I have no makeup on. I got sweats on. Like that's my uniform for now. So yeah, just having that, like that's a huge amount of pressure, even if you don't have kids. And then on top of that, having a newborn, like it's impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. Where did you get your expectations from of like what it should look like? Some of them came from my mom because she was very critical about like how I do things. And so I just felt like that was ingrained in me. Like, okay, this is how you do things. And, um, as a mom, you're expected to do it all because she was expected to do it all with no support. And then I just felt also too, just with society and like, you know, TV and, you know, you read magazines or whatever, like, oh, I had a baby and there she is and she has full makeup on and she looks great and she's walking and she's, you know, she's doing her mommy and me stroller strides or whatever. And I'm like, there's <laughs> no way I could do stroller strides right now. It takes all of my energy to just get through the day. Like I'm not working out. It's not happening. <laughs> right, right, right. Veronica really learned to get off the treadmill of these never-ending external expectations and really listen to herself and what she needed. But I just had to let go of all of that because it's just garbage. It's literally garbage. I think podcasts like this and just openness between motherhood and being real and authentic and vulnerable just helps break down those false narratives of like, Let's snap back. Let's get your body back. Let's have your hair done. And um, you should have all the answers and you should know what your baby needs next. And, you, you know, you should know the milestones. And like, I don't know any of this stuff. Like, and that's okay. Like, I've really learned to like, let go of those expectations because from the beginning, nothing happened. <laughs> nothing happened the way I expected it to. We just need to be real. And, and in that realness is connection, which is so, so important. In those early months, Veronica was really seeking that understanding and support. 
Did you have a lot of friends and family that were around and hanging out with you? I had my mom. She would come by after work. And then my mother-in-law would come when she could. And then my friends didn't have kids. So they would come. And then I think looking back, because they didn't have kids, it was just an excitement. Like, oh, this is new. The baby, this is great. Oh my gosh. But like, they didn't know how to support me in a way that I needed to be supported because they weren't moms yet. So they just didn't get it. And so even though I had people coming over, you know, every so often, I still felt so alone. I just remember feeling so very alone. And then one day she just started sobbing. And I remember one time being at the table and I was eating lunch with, and my husband was there and my two friends were there. And then I think my mother-in-law was there and I just started sobbing. Like I just uncontrollably could not stop crying and just crying and crying. And they're all looking at me like, it's okay. It's okay. It's just the hormones. I'm like, it's not the hormones. Like maybe a little bit of it is, but it's so much more than that. And I literally couldn't even verbalize my emotions because I was just so overwhelmed with being overwhelmed and anxious and upset and depressed and um, tired and um, disappointed. And I just literally couldn't even express to them. And I just was just sobbing because that's all I could, could do. I was just craving connection. My husband did the best he could to try to connect and support me. I needed something else and I just wasn't getting it. How did you finally find what you needed or discover how you could get what you needed? At that point, I think for me, I was just craving like relation. I think finding another mom who had a young kid at the time that I could talk to in an honest way and not feel like I'm the only one who feels the way I feel. I'm not the only one who's frustrated that um, he still's not sleeping through the night. I'm not the only one that's that's desperate for a shower or desperate to just be away from the baby <laughs> or desperate for a hot meal. I just want to eat a hot meal again. I just remember finally finding a friend who had a younger kid and just being like, oh my gosh, community. I found one person and I'm going to latch on to you. Sorry. Sorry if I'm clicky, <laughs> but like, I don't have anybody else. <laughs> I'm desperate. Like, and I think that helps so much. <laughs> and just being able to talk to other moms in such a vulnerable way and not feel judged, but just feel supported. Maybe they didn't go through the same experience that I did. Maybe they had a great breastfeeding experience, but just being able to connect with other moms and just being able to lay it all out there on the table and and feel like, yeah, we know it's hard and we support you. It's just such a huge, huge thing as a mom to have that. I think when I found that, I finally was like, okay, I feel not alone. I feel a little bit of strength from being able to connect with somebody else that knows what I'm going through. And that was a huge difference for me. How did you find that first friend? <laughs> oh, so funny story. We were actually friends in, uh, we had a class in college together. And then I quit college because I got pregnant with my son. And so then I saw her randomly while I was still pregnant. 
and she was pregnant at the same time. And we're like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you in months. Like you're pregnant. I'm pregnant. How fun. And then that was it. And then she reached back out to me after she had her baby. And she's like, hey, I had a boy. How is Avery? And I'm like, actually, I have something to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) I had a boy too. And like her just reaching out. And it was just like, oh, wow. Like, thank you, God, because I need someone. My friends are awesome at the time, but they just didn't have any kids. And so I just needed that mom. And so just having her and then her introducing me to other moms, because she did have community. She has a huge family um, and friend circle and just being able to hang out with them. Maybe I didn't make connections with all of them, but just being able to be in the same room with our kids and just having that camaraderie was just so life-giving. That's awesome. I love hearing that. Veronica now has two boys, Jackson, who's seven, and Brody, who's three. She knew in her heart what she needed, and she got it. Those close relationships where she could feel vulnerable and understood. In her role as a mother, she also knows what's most important to her. It's got nothing to do with keeping the house clean or getting her stroller strides workout in, and everything to do with creating a safe, non-judgmental space where her kids can also feel heard, loved, and supported. I feel like such an important part of having kids and being a mama is making a safe space for whether you have a boy or girl, your kids to come to you at any age, especially as they grow, to be able to come to you and be like, hey, mama, you know, this is what's going on. This is what I'm feeling, or I'm struggling with this, or I really want to pursue this. And just like feeling like they can do that in a safe way because that's part of your job as being a mom is to be able to create that safe and loving environment. I might not agree with everything that they do and I'm not going to, but I I really, really, really want to be the mom that they can come to and feel like, okay, mom, this is going to be hard for me to say to you, but I need to tell you this and that they can feel okay to do that. That could be like my primary goal as a mom. It's just to pour so much love and openness and understanding into them that I'm like the spot they'll come. Just as a heads up, Veronica's microphone stopped working during this part of the interview. But you know, we're moms. We learn how to roll with things. So she is going to sound just a little bit different. Here's what Veronica says about being Jackson and Brody's mama. It's so amazing. Like my boys are the most loving boys. They're in that stage where it's just like, mama, mama, mama. Like I am their whole world and I'm about it. It's just so amazing to see them grow and to see them just come into their own and help each other and have that relationship and that love. And it it just brings like so much joy to see them connect so early on and to just look forward to how they're going to be so connected as they move and get older. Like, what a gift that is. My friend the other day, she's like, do you ever think about what it would be like to have a girl? Like, you thought about all of these things that you would do with your girl and you don't have a girl. So do you ever, like, go back to that? And I'm like, 
Not really. I do look at it and like, oh, that is so cute. And I am happy for the moms. Like I see my best friend and her daughter and I see them going out for shopping and mani pedis and going to lunch. That brings me joy to see that for them because I know how awesome that is. And I'm not in any way jealous. I think for a long time I was like, like jealous, like, oh, that mom gets to do all those cool things. And, and I'm not going to have that. I'm not gonna go get a manicure and pedicure or get my hair done with my boys. I just remember the Lord speaking to me so clearly like, you need to stop and focus on what you do have because you have so many amazing experiences with your sons and I do. And once I let go of that, it was just like, oh, I can be happy for those moms that have the daughters and are having great experiences. And I can have the joy of having my sons and those special times. What would you tell a mom who's in that first month at home, first time mom by herself that has all those feelings that I think a hundred percent of us frankly have of just like, Oh my, Oh my goodness. I'm exhausted. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not doing it right. What would you say to her? Oh man, I would say that first and foremost, that, you are the perfect mom for your baby. There is no other mom out there that is going to be a better mom than you for your baby. And it might not feel that way. You may feel like, I don't know. I don't know the answers to these questions and that's okay. You don't have to know, but you were given that baby because you are the perfect mom for that baby. And you will love that baby and you will figure it out. And it might not look like what you think it would look like or what your friends are going to look like, but, you know, their motherhood story or even, you know, society or culturally, like what motherhood should look like. But you just focus on you and what you can do. And that is the right way for you. And so I would just say, like, just give yourself lots of grace. You know, it's just such a season that you just need to give yourself so much grace and um, and just don't put those expectations on yourself because they're just so unrealistic and it's just such a trap for um, you to lose your joy in the sweet, sweet moments that you have with your baby. I'm just lowering my expectations to the very bottom, <laughs> to the <laughs> lowest point possible really helped me. I didn't have that much pressure on myself and made it more enjoyable because when I was having those huge expectations, I was constantly being disappointed. And when you're disappointed, like that just sucks the whole joy out of any situation or moment that you're in. I would just say to just do the best you, you can. And that is more than enough for your baby. Yeah. This has been an incredibly beautiful conversation. Oh, yes. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm just so um, grateful that you're doing stuff like this because I just know that if I knew something like this was out there, like when I was the first time mom, like, man, this is a game changer. And for all those women um, who don't have community, you know, like maybe they're, they're living in a spot where they're away from family. Just being able to hear the stories of other moms, like you said, and just 
knowing that like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. Like she's experiencing this too. And she felt this way too. And she actually said it out loud. Like maybe I can say it out loud. Like maybe I could just say it out loud. Maybe not to anybody, but I could just say it out loud to myself or to my husband. Sometimes that's a huge step to saying it out, how you feel out loud and having um, someone else do that. Like, and you hearing it, it's just so encouraging. You know, it just makes you feel so supported. I think like deep down internally, we all want to be heard. We all want to be validated. We all want to be supported. And just to get your story out there is just part of that, you know, like it's part of of doing that. And um, that's why this podcast is so amazing. And I know it's going to help so many, so many women. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I need your help to help this show get in front of more mama listeners who might benefit from these stories. Please follow, rate, and review the podcast. Go to mamaihearyou.com on whatever device you use to listen to your podcasts and click on the button that says rate this show. That's M-A-M-A-I-H-E-A-R-Y-O-U.com. Also at mamaihearyou.com, there is one of my favorite things. You can record your answer to the fun question of the month, such as, where do all the missing socks go? The answers will be pieced together in upcoming episodes with some of the best answers shared on Mama I Hear You's Instagram page and in the Facebook group. And finally, I would love to hear from you. At the website, you can leave me an audio message about the show or just motherhood in general, as well as fill out a short form if you'd like to share your own motherhood story on the show. Thank you again for listening, and I look forward to connecting with you.